Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Bleak guesses right, but down it's powers through the scores and, and comes back the other way with a fist bump saying, You cannot stop me tonight. I got 26. Ingles comes to get it on a tight curl. Swings to Forrest in the corner. He's not a good three point shooter. He fires and hits. Trade Forrest with the biggest shot of his young NBA career. Bogdanovich off a pin down. Catch and shoot three. Yes, sir, Bogey. 34 for Boyan Bogdanovich tonight. Jordan, hard drive, right side to the basket. Fades, shoots, misses. Gobert diving to the basket. Tipped it up and in. Rudy Gobert in a full out dive. Tipped it up and in. Highlights as the Utah Jazz beat the Toronto Raptors on Saturday after losing to the Suns on Friday. A game that wasn't very competitive. The Raptor game, super competitive. And PK, this is what it's come down to. Getting the Jazz keep playing 500 ball without Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley. This stretch of 500 ball started while they were both healthy. They're both out again tonight. That'll be 10 games Donovan's missed and four Mike has missed. But you think you're going to see anything different going forward with both these guys out? Different than Eight what? and seven in the last 15 games. Big stretch of 500 ball. Well, I think if you take 40% of your starting lineup out, that's probably going to happen to most teams. Right. I don't see why they would be any different. That's why I kind of expect that's what we're going to see going forward. Because not only are you missing two starters, you're missing, well, two all-stars. So it's a lot of scoring punch, a lot of ball handling. The defense got them through against the Raptors, though. That that was pretty impressive in the second half. 40 points, and probably 10 of those were off turnovers and fast breaks. When the defense was set up, it was very good, and that's the reason they were able to pull that game out. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's over. I look look forward, not back. I mean, San Antonio went into overtime yep. last night and has to get on a plane. I mean, if it was the Jazz, we would be making all sorts of excuses here tonight. So uh, Let's make excuses sure the for the Spurs. <laughs> Yeah, so you, you need to win this game. I don't care who you have. You, you've got enough talent to win this game. Not only will Mitchell and Conley be out for the Jazz, but DeMar DeRozan and Jakob Pertle are scheduled to be rested, according to the Spurs injury report. So they'll be missing a little bit themselves right there. So Are you sure about that? That's what ESPN tells me. Okay, the Jazz didn't send that out, though. I mean, they rested last night. I understand that. But uh, I haven't seen anything for tonight. Pre-game is set for 8 o'clock tonight. Or, excuse me, pre-game is set for 7 o'clock tonight. And the game tips off at 8 o'clock. And listen to it right here on the Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. Oh, here's a turnover. Bucks get it. Now they're running four on one. Cash in. Giannis. Slam it. Two hands. He's up to 40. Dame on the wing near side. Gives it up top. McCollum goes around the Nurk screen. Takes the long way. Now drives. Fades away from 13 and puts it in. 30 points for C.J. McCollum. That's a game high. Kyle dips around a Gillespie screen. Gets into lane. Goes at Drummond. Fires back out to Bembry. To Siakam and Pascal in the far corner. West side triple. And B comes out to get it on the right side. 
Down to six seconds to go in OT. Gorgie Jane guards Joel. Embiid in the lane. Mills driving. Here's a shot by Joel off the back. Tapped in by Simmons. And it counts. They're going to see that would be a game-winning shot. The buzzer sounded. It's going to count. The Sixers win in OT. 113-111. Highlights from the NBA. And that was Simmons with a tip in. Embiid had a game winner at the end of regulation. It didn't go, but he took it late enough. There was no chance to score on an offensive rebound. Ball kicked off the rim and the clock ran out. But at the end of OT, he left just a little bit of time when he took that shot in the lane. And Simmons, just Steve Kerr was just complaining about, nobody in the NBA blocks out. I see it all the time. And nobody blocks Simmons out. His man got torn between going over to challenge Embiid shot and blocking him out and ended up not doing either. Plus, he's 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, uh, who's guarding him? Is his man tall enough? It won't matter when you get to the wrong side of the rim. Yeah, I think he would have been. Um, I mean, it's more about making contact five or six feet from the rim. Ideally, but that didn't happen. So they get the win, and the Sixers get the win, and so do the Bucks taking down the Nets. Uh, 42 for Durant, 49 for Antetokounmpo, as those two guys, epic shootout there, and the Bucks end up winning by three when Durant misses at the buzzer. In the West, the Suns, well, they didn't exactly blow the Thunder out, but they got the win, 123-120, and the Thunder hit a three right at the bitter end, so it was really a six-point game going down the uh, the final couple possessions there. So Suns get the win. They're tied with the Jazz again, and they've got the tiebreaker, so they're number one in the West again, thanks to 32 from Devin Booker in that win. Yeah, the- well, it's probably going to go back and forth to an extent, but I, I just don't think it matters that much. Teams in the West that you would expect to win that didn't. The Mavericks lost to the Kings, 111-99. And the Lakers lost to the Raptors, 121-114. So the last two teams the Jazz beat, and in the Kings' case, really drilled them. The Kings have turned around and beaten the Lakers and the Mavericks here. They've answered the bell a little bit instead of rolling over for the rest of the year. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's something nice to be said. Marvin Bagley was back. He wasn't there when the Jazz kicked the you-know-what out of him. What was it, last Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, he had a nice game. But the Mavericks, they, they've been streaky all season. They're an okay team at best. And they showed that with the loss there. And the Mavericks now, well, the, the race in the West for 5, 6, and 7, the Mavericks, the Lakers, and the Blazers – all tied with 36 wins and 28 losses. So they're down to their final eight games, happen? and they're even. No clue. What What do you think is going to happen? No idea who's going to win out of those. I mean, I would expect that the Lakers wouldn't be the one who drops to seventh because they're the Lakers, but clearly uh, reintegrating LeBron here and, uh, and to a degree AD as well is not going well. Well, they're 0-2 with LeBron yep. back. I told you, my Lakers source told you he was coming back last weekend. And uh, that was right again. That uh, that person knows what they're talking about. Uh, yeah, they're 0 2. And now Locke. Locke is at odds with one of his heroes. Uh oh, what happened? Well, he loves the play in, man. He can't tweet enough about it. And LeBron, whoever came up with that shiz, needs to be fired. Oh, man. It's one thing to go against Cuban, but to go against LeBron, one of the leaders of the nation? Oh, wow. LeBron wants. The commissioner fired. (laughs) 
Oh, man, I don't know that the commissioner came up with it, but whoever did needs to be fired. LeBron! The only people who seem to hate it are the ones who are riding the line of, you know, actually being in it. Well, we just need to hear from the Blazers now. We've heard from Dallas, and we've heard from the Lakers, so... I mean, if you're the Jazz, why would you not like it? It gives them more games, more opportunities to be tired, more opportunities to be injured. If you're the Suns, you would love it, sure. Have them play more games. What could go wrong? Oh, only in any number of things? <laughs> of course. If you have to do it, you don't like it. It's not fair. Once you introduce it's not fair, what you're saying is, I'm not getting what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Let me translate the English language for you. It's not fair, Yuck. Yeah. You'll get you'll get what you get, and you'll like it. Man, to be at odds, uh, you're on the wrong side of history. If you're at odds with LeBron, how dare they? Wow. I expect this is one of the things that's going to stay. Once you create more games and another chance for owners to pack arenas, another chance for TV networks to sell trucks and write the league a check, and kind of think that's not going away. Yeah, I'm not so sure that uh, a team six, seven games under 500 is going gonna to fill pack the arenas. But, I mean, I could take it or leave it. I mean, those teams that are involved in that, uh, two weeks later, they're going to be preparing for the draft anyway. So, uh, go. I, I can live with it. It, it. it just doesn't really matter. This is the NBA. The teams at the bottom rarely do anything. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. In my eyes, he's the greatest to ever do it. I don't, I don't care about Super Bowls or, or whatnot, but uh, we, we want him back here. That's all well and good, Matt, but what if he doesn't want to be back here? Yeah, I know. And and I, I can't even take my brain to that, that spot right now. So um, I just want to do everything in my power to, to ensure that that doesn't happen. That's Matt LaFleur. So the Packers are now going to send a cascade of compliments Aaron Rodgers' way, doing everything in their power to make sure he's back in the green and gold in the fall. This is how it ended with Favre, isn't it? I don't even remember the last team Favre played with. Was it Minnesota? Yeah, I think so. He was with the Uh, Jets before that. You're going to have to handle this. I'm not going to get caught up in the soap (laughs) opera day-to-day. NFL draft all over. BYU, three seventh-round picks. So, three of the last ten selections there. So, now they've got five players drafted, and they got another handful picking up invitations to go as undrafted free agents. They got their deals. Some Seven. of them get a little That's more than money. a handful. A dozen Cougars in the NFL. That's awesome if they make it. Yeah, absolutely. And that leads to the question of the day at Facebook, and we will get to this coming up. What does this do as far as legitimizing the 11-1 season? Leave you thinking, wow, they really were good. Look at all these uh, NFL and, uh, I guess in the case of the free agents, borderline NFL guys, as you say. We'll have to see if they make it or not. First cuts, last cuts on the roster. Called back after being on the practice squad. However, it plays out for these guys as they spread out across the NFL. Yeah. But the NFL likes their talent. Five guys getting drafted is nothing to sneeze at. Not at all, no. 
SEC, five guys. Ha! We're the SEC. 63 players selected. Well, it's old record, 65. The mm-hmm. old record was 63. And they get 65 drafted. Well, yeah, five guys to them is nothing but a burger chain. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. The pitch. And a line drive to center, and the Reds will win it. Nick Castellanos, who else to come up huge in this ball game? And the Reds will beat the Cubs 13-12. pitch. And A.J. Pollock hits a ball high and deep to left field. It is back. It is gone. A home run for Pollock. His second of the day. Hale's first pitch. Lined in the air to right center. That's a base hit. And that's going all the way to the wall. Sits on the warning track. Nick Neal is in. Lindor is in. Conforto around third score standing. And standing at second with the three-run double is Pete Alonso. And the Mets have taken an 8-4 to four lead here in the eighth inning. Interesting Major League Baseball games and series over the weekend. Did you think we'd get to May and you'd find the Giants in first place in the National League West? No. They beat the Padres 7-1. They're six games over 500. They actually took over uh, first place. Uh, it wasn't yesterday. Yesterday, the Dodgers won just to keep pace and stay a half game behind the Giants. Dodgers beat the Brewers 16-4. Nothing like a grand slam in the first, another one in the second to get you off on the right foot there, PK. I get wow, you, I know. I looked rolling. at the, I got, I have the MLB app, and so I checked it out. It was 9 nothing, And I go, whoa, they're going to probably have a good shot to win this game. And uh, Pollock and, and Beatty's 15 runs driven in. I mean, that's amazing between the two. Obviously, Pollock had eight, and the other one had seven. And as you know, Pollock played his college basketball at Notre Dame. He played college basketball at Notre Dame? Did I say basketball? I meant baseball. Okay. So I mean, we, I'm, got I'm just, those, we got a Jeff Samarja on our hands here again. I'm so yeah. jazz-oriented that it's hard for me to get. I'm, I'm still stunned with LeBron. I mean, once people fired. But, uh, no, I meant baseball. The Reds and the Cubs, a little home run derby there. Cubs hit five homers. Reds hit five homers. But it's the runner at second base in extra innings and a soft little single to center that are the difference is the Reds win 13-12. to 12. Let's go deep again and again and again. It happens in this game here. There's not enough good pitching to offset hitting. There's a lot of good pitching, but there's not enough of it over the course of the season, and that's why you end up with games like that, 13 to 12, the Dodgers scoring 16 runs. You know, we see it all the time. We just don't know because we don't follow starters from day to day. Who's it going to be? Well, it was Corey Kluber on Sunday. He struck out 10, won his 100th career game. Yankees beat the Tigers 2-0. And the Yankees, after a really bad start, are back to 500, which isn't great, but looks pretty good when you've been below 500. So they battled their way back, even their record up. Weird injuries. Jesus Lazardo out indefinitely breaking the pinky on his pitching hand. Says he hit a table while playing a video game before his scheduled start on Saturday. I don't understand that. I hope that 11-year-old that got him in Call of Duty feels good about himself. (laughs) You broke your finger on a table. I mean, maybe, I guess, if you're playing Wii Tennis or something and you're you're too close to a table, maybe. Seems like a weird injury to me. Whatever. 
That's his story. We, you break, hit it on a table when you're playing some Wii tennis. Would that be table tennis? <laughs> well done. Give the man a rim shot. He probably deserved one earlier with the five guys thing. He definitely should get it now. Let's get him a rim shot. Get on with it already. Oh, stop. Thank you. That's oh, a man. My stomach. I'm laughing so hard. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. Another slow start, another fast finish for RSL. Didn't look great in the opening half hour, kind of like Minnesota, and then took over and dominated and ended up winning comfortably 3-1. to one. Demir Krylock scoring in the first half, kind of against the run of play there. And then Rubio Rubin with his parents seeing him play professionally for the first time. They made the drive for Portland, and he rewarded them with a couple of second-half goals. And RSL gets the win, off to a 2-0 start. All six points. Scoring goals in bunches, PK. Five goals through two games. What is a used a Ricky Rubio Ruben brace? What the heck does that mean? A brace is when you score two goals. It's the expression like hat trick is for three. The brace. Okay, but we don't use that term in America. You people, an, if you want to It's an the English sport, thing, I think. And right, but we're not English. We're American. Well, Rubio Rubin scored two goals, okay? I didn't use it. Yak wrote it, but I was I didn't. Then I'm it. not talking to you. I'm talking to him. <laughs> yeah, but nobody at home knew. <laughs> Shh. You read it. Once you read it, it's on you. I said he scored two goals in the second half. He did say that. Quit passing the buck. Come on. Brace. Speak basic English here. And what's it? What did you say? His parents the first time they drove from Portland. They drove from Portland. Yes, he had been playing in Europe and he played in Mexico, and they had not been able to see him. So, his second game in Major League Soccer, they didn't go to Minnesota for the opener. I expect they'll be making a few more trips to Utah. Did you show them? Were they on the screen? Yes, they were on the screen. Kind of like Zach Wilson's mother. They were featured prominently. Yes. Now, you take that back, PK. Nobody is like Zach Wilson's mom. Come on. Well, I mean, on the camera. Yes, they were on camera. Uh, they scored the goal. They were celebrating wildly. Everybody's jumping up and down. He had more than that. He had some family and friends there. I don't know if he had. I don't know how many people he had. 10, 20, whatever. But there Did were you go people. to the party yesterday? And it looked like All the right. Wilsons had a huge backyard party for, <laughs> uh, for Zach and the Jets. No, I was not invited to that. Who's that? Oh, good for him. Well, he's a BYU guy. I can understand that. RSL hosts the San Jose Earthquakes Friday night, 7.30. They're also scoring bowls and bunches. They won 4-1 to one over D.C. United. DJ and PK. Golf. Mike Weir back in the winner's circle, PK. He wins on the Champions Tour. Strong finish. Final round, 68. And he wins by two shots. Yeah, I think it was a matter of time. Uh, normally what happens to guys who are 50 or in their early 50s have a distinct advantage on this thing here. And he, uh, I think his birthday's this month, actually. So he'll be 51. Uh, you get to 55 and there'll be a new set of guys who are 50 and 51 and they'll probably have the upper hand. If, especially if they dedicate themselves. Like Mike, uh, you know, he's been talking about it for a couple years that this is what he was going to be working toward. Phil is sort of trying to do both and all that stuff, and uh, Mike has dedicated himself to the, to this tour, 
So in my mind, and you know, he was down there in Tucson a little while back uh, in contention right up until like, what, the 71st hole or whatever yeah. it was. Or actually, they don't play four rounds, but... Uh, no, but it was 16, so, 17, 18. It was the last yeah. three holes where it got away. Yeah, so in my mind, it was a matter of time. And he'll probably win again here. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. No job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, we got Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. He's going to join us at 8.30 this morning. And Aaron Roderick, BYU football offense coordinator at 9 o'clock. A-Rod got to go back to the draft. He's back there. Zach Wilson got drafted. and Five guys drafted and another seven signing free agent deals. So we'll talk, we'll talk football with A-Rod coming up at 9 o'clock. Right now, time to welcome in Gabe Gomez, general manager, Syringa Networks. Gabe, good morning. Good morning, y'all. How y'all doing? Good. Well, we know in this uh, in this time, your network is critical. So many people working from home, and it seems like every week or every couple of days, there's some story about security as well. So people have their hands full on multiple fronts, and my guess is you can help on multiple fronts. Yeah, that's correct, and that uh, that security thing is is no joke. I mean, as as uh, re- there's more remote workers, there's more endpoints to secure on people's networks and more areas of vulnerability. And that's, of course, the Ringa Networks can come into play. Not only can we provide you the, uh, the network service to connect your remote employees, but we can also help you secure your data. So you got a, you're a full-service provider, and for people who aren't really up to speed, what does full-service include? How many different things can you help them with? Well, quite a few, actually. So we... we uh, we're a telecommunications provider. So we provide internet access, uh, all sorts of voice services. Um, we provide uh, data connectivity services to connect your offices. Then we also go beyond that, and we provide uh, security services and IT services so that um, you can really put everything together and make sure you have a, a well-tuned uh, network that, that really meets whatever your business requirements are. And if something goes sideways any day of the week, any hour of the day, do you have to wait for the, uh, the office to reopen, or is there always help? No, there's always help. That's one of the, the big differences with the Syringa Networks is regardless of whatever your technical issue might be, we have uh, trained professionals of uh, 7 by 24 by 365. They answer the phone. They call, call us up on our, on our local number or 800 number or, uh, or even email us, uh, however you want to get a hold of us. We have live people that are ready to, to respond to whatever issues you might be having. All right, you can get started at syringanetworks.net or call 385-420-7881. 385-420-7881. Gabe, thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Gabe Gomez, GM of Syringa Networks. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Jerry Signer Cadillac. At Jerry Signer Cadillac, you can shop your way and get a piece of luxury you deserve. Stop by and test drive one today. All right, it is time now for the question of the day. The NFL draft is complete. BYU with five players drafted. Does this legitimize that 11-1 season? Does this wreck all the talk about soft schedule and these guys aren't really good, they didn't beat anybody, although they went to Boise State and blew out the Broncos, and the Broncos don't get handled like that very often, but... Does this do it for you? Now you're ready to sign off it. 
BYU is really good. They are back. And the answer, PK, depends on whether you wear red or you wear blue. Are the Cougars validated? Well, if you're a BYU fan, absolutely. If you're a Ute fan, no, not really. Why not? Because they didn't play anybody. Here it is, Tanner. It doesn't. Their season was not impressive. They played high school equivalent teams, and the best team they played, Coastal Carolina, they lost. Well, so the best team, because you lost, because they beat you, does that make them the best team? Yeah, probably in his mind. Okay, how about in your mind? Uh, I don't know who would win if Coastal Carolina played Boise State. I mean, they're one of the better teams. I mean, they're ranked and their record looked good. I don't know their best team, best team, best team. I don't know their, um, you know, I don't know all the teams that they played and do they have easy wins. I mean, you can drive yourself nuts with that. It's not a team we see very often. Just because you lose to somebody doesn't mean that's the best team on your schedule. I mean, under that logic, when Herbert was a senior at Oregon, then the best conference team that they played was ASU, because ASU beat them. So that meant, under that poster's logic, ASU was better than Utah, because ASU beat Oregon, and Oregon drilled Utah. And we know that's not true. The Devils were not better than the Utes last uh, in their last full season. They weren't. So you just just because you lose to somebody doesn't mean that's the best team on your schedule. Troy says in a non-COVID year, Zach would be lucky to be drafted in the seventh round. Since they didn't play anyone, it made BYU look a lot better than they really are. Lucky to be drafted in the seventh round. He'd, he'd be in danger of falling to really undrafted. Stupid. Yeah. Who did, Nor- who did North Dakota State play? Because their quarterback went third. Uh, who did they play? I don't remember. They played one game. I don't remember who it was against. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just don't think it's a, well. That's two different questions yep. there. Zach Wilson and the and the BYU schedule and all that and the, and the season. I don't think that these guys getting drafted validated their season at all. What's going to validate their season, depending on your point of view as well, it's already validated or never be validated. But I think if they back it up with another good season, then people will say, and I think Jacob gets to this, it's a good start after dismal drafts over the past 15 years. If you win big and then you have a bunch of guys drafted and then you back it up by winning big and have a bunch of guys drafted, people are going to think you're a good program. Wasn't the last time they had this many guys was in 2000? It's with the press release that BYU sent out was? 2002, I believe. 2002? Yep, five guys also drafted that year. What did they do in 2002? Not much. I think they were five and seven. Yeah. Might have been four and eight, something like that. But they were under 500. That was during Croton's three-year run. Losing seasons, not getting uh, bowl eligible. His his first year, that going back to that 2000 season, that was the year Doman lit it up. But then the next three were, or it was 2001 the year they lit it up. So 02 would have been the first year they started struggling. Corey says after the season, 
I think it's great for them. Side note, the Utes all came back because of the COVID, of the shortened COVID season. So the 2002 draft, of course, that's in the spring. The 2002 season is in the fall. So, so the 2002 draft would follow the 2001 season when right. they went. They started 12 and 0 and finished 12 and 2. Right. So that, it so wasn't, it was following Doman's big year. It wasn't five You're and right. seven. You're right. So the last time they had five guys drafted was in 2002, which follows the 2001 season in which they were 12 and 2. And then we go all the way here, all these years later. And they got five guys drafted, and their season was 11-1. and one. So <laughs> doesn't that season, the 12-2 and two season, sort of validate this season that they would have been good? That's why I don't think it validates it, because I think they were good. They were going to be good. They played a ton of guys. I can remember standing off to the side, interviewing Eliza Tuiaki one-on-one, and we're done. And tape recorder is off. And that's a lot that that's times that I love that. And I miss that with the COVID deal, but I understand it with the COVID deal, but I still missed it. And he's talking about the defense, obviously, because that's what he's in charge of. And he tells me about Chris Wilcox. Chris Wilcox, I had no idea who Chris Wilcox is. He says when he gets the experience he will be drafted in the NFL. Now, this was four friggin' years before it happened. And he said, because you look at his, like, the quote-unquote measurables, he's got it. He's got the size. He's got the weight. He's got the speed. He doesn't have the skill yet, but he'll get there. Now, he had a lot of injuries in his career, so it's cool to see him big, get to the other side of it and get himself drafted. But I can remember specifically Tuiaki telling me about that. These guys know what they're talking about. Uh, Robert and I once walking out of the football facility telling me about Daniel Coates going to play in the NFL because NFL people will love what he has to bring. Sure enough, it happened. So I don't need any schedule to validate it because I believe they were going to be good. They played all these guys for a number of years, and then they got it together, and they got the experience, and so they were good. So the last time they had five guys drafted was in 20. 20- Oh one, and they were twelve and two, and now they have it again, and they're eleven and two. Well, you fans can't say well in in two thousand one they didn't play anybody because they played you, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you were in the same conference. So if that two thousand one season was a bunch of crap based on a bunch of cupcakes, then so was your two thousand four, so was your two thousand eight, and on and on and on. But they're not going to say that because they're in the same conference. And now they get all high and mighty and say, well, I ain't playing anybody. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't realize Washington State was a power in football last year. They were awesome. <laughs> For the first half. <laughs> <laughs> then not so much. Yeah. I didn't realize Colorado, man. That Colorado ball club last year won for the ages. Yeah, but if you don't want to admit they're any good, you're never going to admit they're any good. I mean, you can talk people into it forever, and we were talking about in the middle of the season 
how many guys yeah. the NFL liked and how many offensive linemen do they have who'd either get drafted or be you know fringe drafted guys, which we see with multiple offensive linemen getting the free agent camp invites. And some guys will probably make it and some guys probably won't. That's the way that usually works. Yeah, well, you use logic to explain it. I use passion. Yep. Well, passion is why people don't want to buy into it, because they love the red and they loathe the blue. Well, those of you in red who scoff, you're wrong. So the question is, will they be able to back it up? Because that's ultimately what really matters. Well, that matters for this season, but that has no bearing on last season. Yeah, but I think the way college football works, you, uh, you build a rep. And if you have one good year, people shrug it off. And they'll find a way to dismiss it as fluky one way or another. You think Zach Wilson is shrugging it off? <laughs> he used it to draft, be draft number two. He signed for like $22, 23000000 million guaranteed. All right! <laughs> Let's have a party in the backyard! Go Cougars, but that money's already in his bank account. Sweet. It's not there <laughs> quite yet, but it'll be there shortly once he actually signs that contract. Uh, well, they're anticipating it then. The point is the same, and it's going to be there, whether it's today or tomorrow. And he's going to live in Morristown. Ah, spend many, many, many fine moments in Morristown. And that's the, as you know, the hub city for the county that he's going to play, uh, that he's uh, going to live in, which is Morris County. And my sister, how about this, went to Morris County Community College. What a small world. All right. <laughs> Ties back to the Kinahans. That's the important thing. I assume that gives him a short commute to the practice facility. You assume correct. Brad posts, uh, you know, does this validate the 11-1 season? He says, that's awesome. It's really nice to see the Cougars drafted again. The couching staff, I'm sure he meant coaching, the couching staff is doing things right at BYU. It's here for the couching staff. The couching staff. More NFL players, more advantages, more wins. More matchup advantages. Guys who can get it done. That's why coaches say players win games. Well, sure, the more NFL guys you have, obviously the better you're going to be. And that's a sunrises in the East. We don't need Lester Holt to provide us with the opposite story on that because it speaks for itself. Yeah, I agree with Lester on that one. The five trillion other stories I have a problem about, but that one I agree with him. Yeah, the more NFL guys you have, the better off you're going to be. And it, I think it is a uh, – what's the looking what, – what am I looking for? Uh, it is uh, – can't think of the word, but it is – a credit, I guess, is probably the best word, to the coaching staff. Because, you know, they're not going to be able to just roll out there and, and as Norm Chow would say at SC, uh, we don't recruit, we evaluate. Well, at BYU, you have to identify. You can't just evaluate. You have to identify and then recruit and develop. So the task at BYU is imminently harder. I believe it's imminently harder than it is at Utah who's a very good Pac-12 program. SC, obviously, historically, is a much better, the best. And so they can evaluate and pick off the best. Is he really the best? And, and go after him and have a good chance to get him. Uh, that's who they are. And Utah, 
who's in a much better spot than BYU to get those types of players themselves, although they'll do an excellent job, obviously, of identifying and developing. But that's essentially what BYU has to do. Almost literally every recruit is identify and then see if they could develop, right? Who was Dax Mill coming out of high school? He was a walk-on, wasn't he? He was a walk-on, and there's yeah. no chance he was on the uh, the NFL radar. No. And right. yet, his teammate, now he is. His teammate yeah. from Bingham actually got the scholarship. They both came in together. One was a walk-on. Now in the NFL, the other has battled knee injuries for two years. Well, who the hell's the other one? Braden Cosper. He played a little bit last year, but he's okay. been out for a majority of his career so far. And now Dax Mill has an opportunity to play for the Pigskins. Yes, the Pigskins. That's awesome. If you get your way. Well, I get my way either way. Even if you don't give it to me, I still identify it. He's still going to call them the Pigskins. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's incredible. And hats off to Tom Homo for charging through as all these other idiots didn't want to play. Great. How much money was cost? We'll never know. Does Dax Mill, does, is he getting drafted without Tom Homo and BYU forging through? Probably not. Probably not. Zach would, but Dak's probably not. Yeah, I don't think Zach goes too. Uh, so you really got to give a ton of credit to Tom and whoever was involved in that to keep forging and keep plowing ahead and, and finding ways to get out on that football field. Because these are job auditions for a lot of these kids. Not all of them, but some of them. And Dax Mill... And all the the other four guys who were drafted and the other, what, seven guys who have opportunities to receive uh, invites to training camps. Yeah. I mean, that's just to get an invite. You got to be pretty doggone good, I believe. And with that in mind, uh, it's important because we see guys of free agents make the NFL all the time. It's not unheard of by any stretch. You know, that's uh, we can't even identify them where we can identify the loot. Lou Dort ones and Van Van Vliet ones because that doesn't happen very often. The Royce O'Neills of the world and Joe Ingles, you know what I mean? Look at you go. That was a good list right there. Well, they just Dort. He scored Dort. those points yeah. against these guys and played in the Pac-12 and Freddie just played for Toronto the other night and then of course our own guys here in town. Yeah. But it's the impressive. NFL, they need 53 guys, and with injuries, right. they go through so many bodies, mm-hmm. so yeah. seven rounds isn't enough. Even if you load up and get the 8th, ninth, or 10th pick, it's not enough. Yeah, and you, you look at this, man. It, it, is this, and we can get to this if you want. Is this a sign? Because it's important, as you say. I don't think it validates this season, validates last season. But as far as the program, the point that you were making is spot on. Is this something now that we can see? Because if you look at this, you know, the last defensive lineman drafted uh, was what? Uh, Scott Young, a fifth-round pick in 2005. I'm looking at the thing that that, uh, Brett Pine sent out. Uh, Dax Mill, the last uh, receiver drafted was Austin Colley in 2009. That's just too long. And what was uh, what's the deal with uh, Wilcox? When's the last time they had a a, a defensive back, Gray? Twenty in years. Nineteen ninety three. And think how much passing games have advanced at so many schools. It's not like nobody was throwing the ball in ninety three, but now almost everybody does. Mm. Yeah, for the sure. The service academies are still running the options. Everybody doesn't, but 
most schools, it's night and day. So whole leagues, the Big 12 now versus then, the SEC now versus then, whole leagues, you you got to have the AAC now versus then. And there was no then then for them, but I get your point. <laughs> Those Big East schools or Conference USA or whatever they were. I think that, and I think the number five is important for BYU too because when you look what other schools are doing and how many NFL guys they need to win, uh, we'll get to that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Registration is now open for Skyhawk Sports Academy summer camps. Join us for an action-packed, fun-filled summer of youth sports camps at a location near you. Choose between soccer, flag, football, fueled by USA football, golf, baseball, cheerleading, multi-sports camps, mini hawk camps, and more. Find program info and register today at www.skyhawks.com. www.skyhawks.com. All right, PK, we're just talking about the five Cougars drafted, and you made the point that, hey, this isn't USC. They've got to be uh, USC. Norm Chow said, we evaluate. Here are a plethora of four- and five-star prospects. We choose you and not you. Yeah, we pick you, but not you. Meanwhile, USC, you got to identify, and then you got to recruit them, and then you got to develop them. BYU, but yeah, excuse me, yes, BYU. So BYU with five. There were ten schools that had more, uh, more players drafted, and then there were ten schools that had five drafted, and mostly it reads like a hoo hoo of college football. Right. The, the other schools had five drafted: USC, Texas, Oregon, Oklahoma. All right. And you get schools like that haven't been powers uh, in the way that those schools have been. You know, UCF, North Carolina, and BYU all had five guys drafted, and Kentucky had six. Now, it gets a little weird because you might have really good players who are in the next draft, or you might have had underclassmen come yeah. out. So you probably have to look at like two and three year averages. But Kentucky was six guys drafted. And they had a 10-win season, which I think is like their third or fourth ever. And they won 25 games in three years. And they haven't done that since Bear Bryant was coaching there. Right, in they're a lot better now. Yeah. Right. And it's just the, the, the you know, talent wins games. Coaches have told us over and over. And the NFL, of course they miss. And, you know, I don't know if a BYU guy or a Kentucky guy or a USC guy or an Oregon guy is going to be a bust. There will be busts sprinkled throughout all of this. But the the... The wins follow the talent, and the NFL scoops up the top talent. So I know that BYU schedule didn't look great, but you don't see teams that are four and eight and lousy teams getting all these guys drafted. It's you know it's Bama and Ohio State and Notre Dame and Oklahoma, Oregon and USC. I mean, it's the the teams that are getting five plus guys drafted are usually really good teams. I think they are. Yeah. yeah. Clemson. Yeah. Clemson had five drafted. Now they I don't know how many they drafted last year. It may have been nine last year and it may be eight next year. You know, so you ought to look at these two and three year averages to really evaluate programs. And that's why I think that it's a decent talking point today. But if you want to know if someone is really good, do they back it up with another good season? In which case they're probably going to back it up with more good drafts. Oh yeah, I agree. And there's you have to look at it and it, it a bigger a pool of evidence because Utah doesn't have any, but last year they had all those guys, and then this year you know they had so many young guys, and then the few guys who could have been draft eligible decide to come back, and so they're still uh, ranking in a five-year period. I think that I think they're still like second and third 
or third as far as the number of guys drafted in the NFL, and that's with having zero this year because of the circumstances. It's a circumstantial thing why they didn't have anybody this year. Everybody who follows Utah football to even the slightest degree understands that they may not be Alabama SEC-like, but they are basically an NFL factory and pro day at the University of Utah under normal circumstances is a big deal because there's a whole bunch of guys. So we understand that. For BYU, they're new to the game this year. Can they continue it? Well, I think it's imperative for them, as it is for any program really, if they want to be good year after year, just to have as many NFL guys as you could possibly have. Bronco Mendenhall was so off base on that when he was talking about he didn't know the NFL lifestyle. Shut up, Bronco. You're dead wrong. That's not you for Jake Caressa came on our air once and said that's not for Bronco to decide. That's for the individuals to decide. And I think he was trying to spin it because they didn't have uh, NFL guys. So try to spin it in a direction that's more positive for you. Uh, that's what everybody does whatever you have to sell and if something is a negative well you try to turn it into a positive so and Bronco was very very good at that and he was an excellent football coach no question about it but as far as these guys they want to bring in NFL guys because NFL guys are going to help you win and that's so important and they had them this year now when they take the field next year do they have them well let's get through next season and uh, this time next year will be able to evaluate it. And you're going to need them because, sure, the schedule was weak. Everybody knows that. It was weak relative to the schedules that they normally play. That's obvious. And this year's schedule, COVID permitting, hopefully, will be much more difficult, and they'll have to be that much better. I think they would have been pretty good last year. And this, if you needed it to be validated, I think this clinches it and does evaluate, uh, validate it. I didn't because I expected them to be good. Maybe not 11-1 good, but if you're winning 8-9 ball games uh, with the schedule that they play, and the same thing for the Utes or any Pac-12 team, you're winning 8-9 ball games, I think, I think you're pretty good. I think the thing that validates it is the previous year. They were able to win at Tennessee. They beat USC at home in overtime. Place going nuts. Great game. Where they came up short was against the group of five teams, the teams that are the core of this year's schedule. They blew the Hawaii game at the end in the fourth quarter. They could have, would have, should have won at Toledo at the end in the fourth quarter. Ditto for South Florida. Those are the three games that if they turn around, they have a really different season two years ago. It wasn't, oh, they can't beat these Power 5 schools, and then this year they didn't play the Power 5 schools. No, it was that they messed up winnable games in the fourth quarter against a group of five schools. That's what held them back. That's the reason they're not sitting on two really good years in a row. And it's because they couldn't handle a group of five schools on the road in the fourth quarter in a close game. Three times. All right, DJ and PK, time to welcome in the general manager from Syringa Networks, Gabe Gomez. And Gabe... You're standing by, ready to answer the phones here, ready to help people who are having issues with their internet, with the connectivity, and with really their their ability to do business virtually. That is that is correct. That is exactly what Syringa Networks is here to do: is really to enable and uh, empower businesses to be able to um, be able to operate effectively and uh, securely when it comes to internet connectivity and uh, all sorts of other IT related issues and things of that nature. 
I assume that as you work with uh, different businesses and different companies, you see a wide range of problems. One solution doesn't fit all. Yeah, that's correct. Every business is very unique in regards to the way they do things, the way they operate. And uh, at Syringa Networks, we you know we we service uh, several thousand clients in the in the Utah market and really throughout the country as well. And so we have a pretty good vantage point into how businesses operate and what a lot of the the unique needs are. And and we have abilities to consult and help other businesses to to, to take a little better look at uh, perhaps how they operate their their networks. So I assume that with uh, people doing business uh, multiple time zones all across the country, in some cases on different continents, that the uh, the ability to be there around the clock is critical. Oh, that's absolutely critical. Yeah, we have clients that, that indeed fit that description that operate, you know, a 7 by 24 anywhere around the world. And so we do have a, a sta- uh, highly trained engineers and technicians that are readily, readily available via phone call, via via text, via email, um, and other other chat methods as well so that you can get a hold of any one of our, our technical personnel whenever, uh, whenever you're having an issue. So for people who have questions and are interested in knowing more, how do they get a hold of you and Syringa Networks? Well, they can certainly uh, hit up our website at www.syringanetworks.net or, or give us a call. We have a, a local presence here in Utah. We have a, a sales professionals and consultants that can, uh, that can uh, certainly help uh, individuals who are looking for a, a better way of, of connectivity, more secure way to, co- to, to connect their data networks. You can call Syringa Networks 385-420-7881. 385-420-7881 or go to syringanetworks.net. Gabe, thanks a lot. Thank you.